My name is Jensen Karp, and I'm a sports fan. I've been trying my hardest to stay busy, even though every league is completely shut down. Even the XFL was like, I'm out of here. This is too weird. And I don't blame them. So without any real sports to follow, I've decided to talk to athletes and sports industry professionals about what they're doing in quarantine during their time off. Do they miss competing as much as I miss watching it? I'll find out because I have nothing else to do. This is the No Sports Report. Nafisa Collier is a 23-year-old phenom. The reigning WNBA Rookie of the Year helped take the women's basketball powerhouse of UConn to four straight Final Fours and won the NCAA Women's Championship in 2016. The sixth overall pick for the Minnesota Lynx went above and beyond any expectations in her debut season last year. Even in her first professional game, she scored 27 points, the second most ever by a rookie in the league. She averaged over 13 in 33.3 minutes per game, which was the most minutes per game for any player in the WNBA. She was unanimously voted to the all-rookie team, only to be named an all-star as an injury replacement. Quite a newbie achievement. She was the second rookie ever to score 400 points, 200 rebounds, and 60 steals. In other words, Nafisa Collier is kind of a big deal. She's been keeping active during quarantine, knowing the call for a new season could come at any time, and it's her moment to shine. So we talk about how she's staying on schedule, why board games are ending up in arguments, and what happens when you have a wedding planned for 2020. Do you stay the course or just do the whole thing over Zoom? These are just a few things I talk about with Nafisa Collier on the No Sports Report. Call from Nafisa Collier. To accept, press 1. Press. Hello, Nafisa. Hi, how are you? I'm well, how are you? I'm good. I, I feel like saying good is, is probably right. No one's saying great right now. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Uh, where have you been quarantined? I am in St. Louis, Missouri. Okay, and I followed a little bit of your social media so I can answer some of it, but let me know what you've been up to while we've all been confined to our houses. Yeah, you know, trying to work out as much as I can. Um, we actually have access to a church that has a gym in it, so we're really lucky to get, you know, into there without other people being around. Mm-hmm and um, starting my new book club. Yes, which we'll get into. I want to focus on the private church gym that we all wish we had. I'm Jewish, and I'm still like, man, I wish I had a church to, to work out in. Uh, <laughs> it, you, are you doing full workouts? What are you doing? I mean, obviously, the WMBA season has been postponed, but tell me how you're staying in shape and ready just in case any call comes down. Yeah, so our athletic trainer at Minnesota actually sent us like an at-home workout to stay in shape kind of thing. And then at the church, we just do like basketball workouts and stuff. Got it. It's just you and your fiance, which I I have to get into now. He is a basketball trainer named Alex Basil. Correct? Am I saying it right? Basil. Basil. Perfect. I knew I'd nail it. Uh, You guys were (laughs) set to get married in November. Uh, My wife and I got married now, I think a year and a half ago. So I'm fresh off planning. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. You tell me what happens now. What goes on? You have these vendors, these invites. How are you moving forward? Yeah, well, everything is still planned for November right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully we're not still quarantined by then. <laughs> yeah, that would be terrible. That would be terrible. But it's just the only thing is it's hard to, like, schedule any appointments because obviously you can't meet anyone in person for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so thankfully I got, like, the big stuff done, like my dress and the venue and all that stuff picked out before this happened. Yeah, I have a feeling you're going to be picking out plates on FaceTime soon. 
Yeah, I know. I got those down too. So <laughs> Okay, good. I was going to ask too, like I saw on social media, you've been into board games. Is this something that you've been into for quite some time or is this a new hobby you've picked up? No, my family growing up, we always played a bunch of games. And so when we first started hearing about this quarantine, we just decided to get as many games as we could because right. we didn't know how long it was going to last. Uh-huh. Um, but turns out we didn't need to because all we play is Monopoly every day. Oh, really? I feel like, is that a, yeah. it's a never ending game. It literally is never ending. He won't let it end because we play it every day. Yeah. It's a, it's like Pac-Man. It's like people say there's an ending, but I've never seen it. Yeah, seriously. Uh, who, who's, who's up? You or Alex? So we actually have a friend that's been staying with us during this whole quarantine. So the three of us play. So it kind of rotates between the three of us. Oh, that's good. Having an extra person that way. I mean, I'm with, we have a nine month old. uh, So I feel like if either of us get too fed up with each other, I'm going to the nine month old. I feel like at least you guys have a third party. You could almost (laughs) like a a judge for arguments. Yeah, exactly. Um, They're the two that I have to mediate between. They get heated during these games. Oh, really? Yeah. I think they just uh, care about it a little bit more than I do. I'm just playing for the fun of the game, and they're, like, really into properties and stuff like that. <laughs> well, that sounds like a much more intense Monopoly game than I've ever played. Uh, what is food <laughs> inventory looking like at your place? You have three people there. Uh, how have you been staying stocked up? Um, we've been using a lot of online things. Like, I know Walmart has it. You can order online, and they... You can just pick it up curbside. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing that a lot more um, recently. My my wife and I went to Costco. Uh, it was like our first real trip out in a long time. And we're gloved up and masked up and all this stuff. And then we realized when we got in, because we don't go to Costco much, we left with like 100 Uncrustables. Uncrustables, oh my gosh. So these used to be the best. Yeah, we're like so 11-year-olds. I feel like it was like, <laughs> we're like the kid in big. Like we're finally adults and we went into Costco and we were like, yeah. oh, I'll take 100 Uncrustables. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love that. Uncrustables are awesome. See, now hopefully they'll get into your uh, your Walmart spending. They might. The WNBA season is postponed, as I said. There's no real target date set. Uh, considering that you were mentally training for seasons your whole life, since childhood, you, you sort of have these dates in your head, oh, I have to be ready by this. How much does this throw off the loop? It definitely does. It's really weird um, not playing year-round pretty much also because um, I was supposed to be playing in China this year, actually, but of course all this stuff happened. To not play for this long is, this is the first time and I mean, I think ever since I started playing that I've gone this long without playing basketball. So it's been really weird and obviously disappointing when, you know, the season's so close and then all this stuff is going on. So, you know, it had to be postponed, but just trying to stay still in shape and mm-hmm. as best as I can because we're still hoping for a season. So I just want to be ready for when that day comes. Yeah. What, what were you going to do in China? Um, I was going to play on a team. Mm-hmm. So I was like signed to a team there. And then, like I said, this all this craziness happened, so the season got canceled. Oh, that would have been awesome to see, though. Were you totally ready to have, like, a culture shock and stuff? Yeah, I mean, I was, I was like, there for maybe 10 days. Wow. Um, and then everything happened, like, so quickly. It was obviously way bigger there than it was here for a yeah. long time. Yeah. Um, so you kind of, we kind of set the situation, and I figured it was probably best for me to leave. Um, oh, wow. And obviously that was the best choice. Yeah, when, did you, when were you out there? Like, uh, how recent? It was in January. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Crazy. You saw it all firsthand. That must have been bonkers. Yeah, it was crazy to get back here and, like, not really hear about it as much. It was such a thing there. And I guess you would you would almost be like, I've seen the future a bit. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I know the future. Were you able to come? Were you warning people when you got back? Like, guys, it's crazy. I mean, because I honestly didn't know how out of control it was 
until probably too late in the situation. And then once we got it, it was like, oh, I, now I know too much about it. Yeah, like my family and stuff, obviously I told them all about it. Um, but at that time, it hadn't come here really yet. Um, so I told them about it, but it wasn't really relevant to us here mm-hmm. yet. And then, like I said, everything happened so quickly that I feel like it just all of a sudden we're taking yeah. these like these measures. Yeah, absolutely. On a personal note, and I guess this is probably the way it is for a lot of people, is that the swell of the WNBA and happening sort of during the off season, like all of that stuff was really coming together for the WNBA. A lot of excitement, a lot of people starting to see the league for what it is, which is incredibly entertaining and a, a thing completely separate than the NBA. It's its own thing. I don't know if it's a question as much as letting you know how bummed I am as a fan that this is, you know, something I can't see during what would be the off season. And I don't know when it will fall into the next kind of run of a year. I know. And it was so exciting in this off season, just seeing all the trades and everything that happened with the CBA and all that stuff. It was really exciting, I think, for everybody. So Mm -hmm. I think um, we were all just super pumped for the season to start and see where everyone was on teams and things like that. So just overall, it was just, you know, just a bad situation. Agreed. The NCAA tournament was also canceled, as is everything in sports, which is why we're talking. So someone who went all four years going, you won it once in 2016. How tragic is it for these women uh, who are in college and senior year or really just sort of, you know, having their college experience? How hard is it for them to miss this entire tournament? I feel really bad for the seniors, not even just seniors in sports, but seniors in general. There's a lot of things that they're missing that, you know, it's kind of a once in a lifetime thing like graduation or, you know, seniors in sports like McDonald's All-American Games, things like that, that you won't really get back. So I really do feel bad for them in that sense. And especially, like you said, with the tournament, it's such a once in a lifetime thing. Maybe teams have never been there before. Or like you said, if you're seniors, it's not something that you can really experience again. So I really do feel for them. And prom. They won't have prom. Prom, yeah, prom. There's so many things that you're going to miss as a senior. I know. They won't be crying in the back of a limo like I was. That's a whole different podcast. (laughs) Considering (laughs) L.A. Mayor Garcetti has already announced uh, to not expect live events here in Los Angeles, at least till 2021, have you imagined what playing in the WNBA or an NCAA tournament, what that would be like without fans? Yeah, that's the first thing that I feel like everyone was kind of considering. I think that was kind of something that people were talking about, like maybe we'll have things, but without fans. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of just shut everything down. And, you know, as bad as it would be without fans, because that's kind of the reason you play sports is what's really fun about it. I think at this point, everyone's just ready to get back to their sport, no matter what it looks like. Sure. I've I've always felt creeped, like Twilight Zone-esque, thinking about the arena echoing the sneaker noises, you know, like, like it's hearing yeah. all of those go is something I don't think any of us have ever seen, at least on a professional level. You definitely won't be able to pretend that you didn't hear your coach yelling at you. <laughs> no, no. I also want them to just run the normal, like, we can't hear you graphics and stuff. Like, on, <laughs> as if like, that we're doing hilarious. a noiseometer and it's just on zero the whole time. <laughs> That'd be really funny. I think that's a good idea. More with Nafisa Collier after this. As you know, communities are experiencing these difficult times differently across the country. 
School closures, job disruptions, lack of paid sick leave, and the coronavirus disproportionate impact on adults age 60 and older and low-income families are all contributing to the demands placed on food banks across the country. So Feeding America, alongside their network of 200 local food banks, are actively coordinating with lawmakers, federal, state, and local agencies to tailor responses on a county-by-county basis, depending on what is most urgently needed to ensure our most vulnerable populations continue to have access to food and other needed resources during this emergency. Right now, their greatest need is donations and support of local food banks. Please visit feedingamerica.org to learn more about their response efforts and how you can help. Now, here's the rest of my chat with Nafisa Collier. The WNBA draft would have happened the week this airs. This draft is the first that's going to be virtual, I I believe, ever. Uh, It's the first league to have this and a draft in general since we've changed things up. Do you see, like, what was your experience in the actual draft and how do you think that will be different now that they're not allowed to congregate or meet up or sort of have that experience of wearing that very weirdly fitting hat? Yeah, my draft experience was awesome. It was so cool to be there not only with my family because my entire family was there, but with all the girls to share that experience with them and that excitement, it was really fun. And um, I think that's just what, you know, the people this year will be missing is the camaraderie that you feel. You guys are all kind of stepping into a new chapter of your life at the same time. And just doing that together, I think is what the biggest difference will be because obviously the outcome will be the same. Everyone will, people will get drafted, but um, that togetherness will be gone. Uh, the Lynx, all, uh, again, have the number six pick. You were a number six pick. Uh, since there's no tournament or real workouts or combines, do you think teams have all the info they'll need? Um, I think, you know, it's it's kind of hard because that's kind of where you see, like, people's personality and stuff in those personal kind of workouts. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, at this point, you've seen them play a bunch, and I guess you're trying to, you just have to get it, like, word from mouth, hearing from other people kind of how they are. So yeah, I don't know what the GMs are thinking at this point. Yeah, I mean, you're coming back as the rookie of the year in the WNBA. This is now your second season, and I'm hoping here's my here's my shipping. I'm shipping this like the kids that hate me say. Okay, <laughs> I sound like a narc when I say it, but I'm shipping that Minnesota gets your former teammate and sharpshooter Megan Walker. All right. Okay. Do we do I have any sort of positivity from you? Do you think this would be a good pickup? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it would be awesome to play with one of my old teammates again. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that would be great. I obviously have no idea what we're going to be doing, but yeah. I think she'd be a good addition to the team. Okay. Um, so that would be cool. I'll call the coach. Definitely have my blessing on it. Well, <laughs> UConn, UConn number six pick, they already have good, you know, good experience with it. Exactly. All right. And with the WNBA finding a nice little surge in popularity during the offseason, if people are just getting into it as an entry point, what are some of the things that they should be on the lookout for? Are there other players that you love going up against? Is there something that, you know, storylines that people should be watching? Ooh, it's kind of hard because there's been so many changes this year with everyone getting drafted to different teams, Mm -hmm. you know, with the new CBA. Yeah, I guess explain that to people. I, I guess I guess a lot of people wouldn't know what that is. Yeah, so we got a new players agreement, and it pretty much said that, you know, the core that we had before, which was keeping people on certain teams, was amended and kind of lifted. So free agency was a lot different this year, and there's a lot of people who are up for it. We had a bunch of different trades to different teams. I mean, the league looks, like, kind of really different with all the people on different teams this year. Mm -hmm. So I would just tell them to kind of brush up on who was on teams before and then 
watch those games when they're playing their old teams. It might get juicy. I love that. You'll you'll hear the 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 one guy, the one usher who's there because he has to watch over the bench. He'll just be like boo, just one guy alone <laughs> screaming. Uh, engaged to basketball trainer Alex, like we said, he uh, is a trainer to NBA stars like Trey Young, Kyrie Irving, and he was training uh, the wonderful Gianna Bryant. Uh, he was working at the Mamba Academy, and I know he had wished you a happy birthday last year online, Kobe Bryant. It feels like 2020 to us is just fans between uh, this pandemic and the Kobe Bryant tragic loss. It, it feels like a fever dream. I'm sure this whole thing is not easy for you two either. Uh, 2020 is just is surreal. Yeah, it's definitely not gotten off to a good start whatsoever. Um, yeah, obviously it was really hard with everything with Kobe, um, especially for Alex. They were really close. You know, he saw him um, what almost every day, multiple mm-hmm. times a week. That was just really hard overall, not even – I mean, for everyone, he was just such a legend. So that was really hard. And then, you know, with the pandemic and the closing of the season, uh, yeah, 2020 has not been the best year. Yeah, it is not chill. Let's get into your virtual book club. You are a big reader. And here during this time off, you've decided to uh, involve your social media following and all of your fans in this. Tell us what it is. Um, I've always loved to read. And I thought, you know, we all have so much time on our hands. This would be a great time to kind of start that book club. So I will be announcing my book this weekend, what book it will be. Give me some of your favorites so people who are joining the book club know what they're getting into. Well, I really like mysteries. So I decided the first book will be a mystery. Okay. Ruth Ware is one of my favorite authors. Mm -hmm. I really love The Woman in Cabin 10. Great. So definitely expect that. But I'll definitely be giving a variety of different books, you know, over the period. But we're definitely going to be starting with a mystery Love it. So we usually like to end with a little bit of positivity and then something stupid. So first, what do you think, is there anything we've taken on during the pandemic that you think that we should take on uh, once this whole thing clears? Like, is there some sort of practice or something that we should be focused more on now that we've gotten through this? And let's not lose, let's not lose sights on it. Maybe washing your hands. Yes, right. <laughs> Just like basic cleanliness. Oh my God. I feel like, remember the joke this is, and, and you might remember this. Remember the joke when, when you'd go somewhere and so, like one of your friends comes out of the bathroom and they go, that guy didn't wash their hands or she didn't wash her hands. Yeah. Yeah. That was happening up until like a few weeks ago. I know. Everyone, like the biggest thing was like, wash your hands. I'm like, are people not doing that anyway? <laughs> it's terrifying. I, I also have started to think about the public sneeze or the public cough. Oh, I know. If someone coughs, I just, oh. <sighs> It grosses me out now. Uh, I don't even want to think about it. I mean, uh, I thought about airplanes. I've thought about everything. I really uh, just sitting in my home in pure fear, which is what my normal practice is. <laughs> so nothing's really changed. Nothing's changing for me. Uh, okay, so what I usually like to end with are a few suggestions for you during quarantine. It sounds like you and Alex are keeping busy at the church, but I figured I can give you some ideas and maybe you can go with them or not if that's cool with you. Yes, absolutely. Okay, board game-wise, you have Monopoly. You have a couple a couple other ones you're ignoring as uh, you guys get into fights over who owns Park Place. But I want to throw into the mix Uno. Uno. Wow. So during the tournament at UConn, Uno would be our kind of our team game because we would have like 30-minute media availability, so you'd just be bored in there. 
um, if you weren't getting interviews. So we would play Uno during the tournament all day long. There you go. It is, by the way, speedy game. My wife and I play it. We played a 500. You can get done with a hand in just, you know, a couple minutes, and then one of them will last five, six minutes. Like, it's really a quick game, and it's a little like a hearts or something like that. But I feel like Uno doesn't get the love it deserves. Yeah, Uno is super underrated. I agree. Okay, my second one for your virtual book club. I've heard you like mystery, okay? So that doesn't necessarily go with my suggestion. But I would like to suggest for all of your fans and readers a book called Kanye West Owes Me $300, which is uh, surprisingly written by your boy. I am your boy. Uh, Jensen Carp. I I wrote it. It is about my childhood rap career that failed tremendously at Interscope Records. And yes, Kanye owes me $300 amongst those things. But it's, you know, my mom loves it. Uh, my family loves it. And oh. if, if you wanted to at least pick it up, I think it's on Amazon for like $10, $14 or something. But just a suggestion for you. I think I'll definitely have to check it out. Great. Sounds juicy. It is very I need juicy. I know why he owes you money. That's right. I, I, I definitely won't ruin it and tell you that I rented him a car once. Uh, okay. My last, <laughs> my last suggestion. With all the food that people have to buy, like the dozens of Uncrustables my wife and I have gotten, we, we aren't able to eat them immediately. So you have to hold them for like 60 to 90 days. I feel like we have three or five loaves of bread from Costco. You, you can't just eat it. You have to store it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so hear me out. I would like to suggest that you start a business called the Nefreezer Collier. <laughs> this, it, it's an independent freezer, okay? Holds meats and breads, whatever you want. You store it in the garage or your kitchen or whatever, and we put your face on the outside, and every time it opens, you say, ooh, that's cold. (laughs) Oh, wow. I think you need to have a conversation with my agent. I like it. Right. Okay. I will look into that. That's very easy. If you want to try, ooh, that's cold, I could always just at least see if it's worth it. It's not trademarked yet? I mean, I own it, but five bucks, six bucks? Five bucks? That's a deal. All right. All right. Perfect. Uh, Listen, I appreciate so much you talking to me, uh, Nafis. Like I said, I was jazzed for the season. I I can't wait to see your follow-up to Rookie of the Year, and uh, I want you to stay safe and healthy, and, uh, and thanks for talking to me. Yeah, thanks for having me. The No Sports Report is produced and distributed by Treefort Media. The show is executive produced by Kelly Garner, Lisa Ammerman, and me, Jensen Carp. Our series producer is Matthew Kugler. Tom Monahan is our senior audio engineer and sound supervisor with additional production help from Tim Schauer, June Rosen, and Haley Mandelberg. With production and editing by Jasper Leak. Our theme music is composed by Spilkus. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please subscribe, rate us, and review us on Apple Podcasts. You have nothing else to do. Send it to your friends, tweet, share, post about it, do whatever you can. And please visit feedingamerica.org. And if you're able to make a donation, any amount will help make a difference. And you can learn more about other ways to help on their website. For more information on the No Sports Report, links to the socials, and for our show transcripts for the hearing-impaired listeners, please go to treefort.fm. Be safe and be well.